You're listening to the Archive Deep Time. So begins episode yeah. three of Give Me 182 Good Reasons. And we're still not to the album where th- that song no. or that name references. No. Uh, soon, though. Yeah, it's coming up quick. Um, no, today, this episode, we're going to talk about Enema of the State, their third studio album. Yeah. We're going sort of era by era through the Blink-182 uh, catalog. Era through era and release through release. Yeah. And uh, we've landed on their, the the breakthrough, the rise to prominence. This is kind of a momentous uh, era for them. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of different things happen that really change the landscape of the band, mm-hmm. both inwardly and outwardly. Ugh. Um, we talked about dude ranch last time and dude ranch gets them on the map right gets them national prominence with uh the single damn it Mm -hmm. um and they start touring pretty intensely from what i understand yeah um only coming back to their hometown for days at a time before going out on tour again. And, um, they, I think that sort of took its toll to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. And I think it was during those tours and one in particular, I think it said in Colorado or, or at least it was, it was some sort of like, I think it was called Snowcore Tour or something. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> when um, it sounds like things sort of come to a head, I guess with all of them. I didn't realize yeah. this. I I thought that Mark and Tom were just having issues with Scott. And Scott was, uh, according to them, drinking heavily, was dealing with some things, um that were driving him to do so. And so he wasn't, uh, performing well. He wasn't keeping up his end of the band, but apparently there was tensions all around. Um, not just between those two and, and Scott, but also between Mark and Tom, mm-hmm. which isn't surprising given. Yeah. The trajectory that they're on is, uh, a tumultuous one. And right. So this this is maybe the start of it, just like that that constant touring, not being uh, not getting a break from each other. Yeah, could do it to anybody. And it's funny. I think I, I read that Tom um, had just met the woman he would go on to marry, mm-hmm. and then went on tour for like nine months. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, here we go. Hey, we got him. <laughs> We got him right here, Scott Rayner in the in the studio. <laughs> we didn't know if he'd he'd answer our request for yeah. an interview. I'm here. 
Adam is. We never introduce ourselves, do we? We don't. Not on the deep dive. Nah, deep dive is for hardcore listeners. <laughs> Adam's here. Um, we just started, so you're all right. I know I'm all right. <laughs> In my book, you're all right. Sweet. Thanks. What about your book, John? Oh, yeah. I haven't, read, I haven't read your book yet. You're on the first page of it, man. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it says. You're on the also by John Dedeke, uh page. It says. <laughs> Adam Trenton. All right. Adam's hooking up. Um, so, uh, but yeah, Tom. Apparently just starts dating this girl. They go on tour for nine months, and that really uh, frustrated Tom. And that would go on to Wait, be Wait, which one's Tom? He's the guitarist. Okay. That would go on to be a, a regular thing. He, he and, and spoiler alert, would contribute to the initial breakup of the band. His lack of home time. Yes. Being away from his family. Allegedly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they, they, they give Scott an ultimatum, right? And they say, this is the drummer guy, right? That's the drummer. That's right. And they say, look, either you, uh, go into rehab. Oh, or this is drugs. Alcohol. Uh, alcohol. Yeah. Kick him out the day here. What's, what's going on? They've been touring long and hard since the release of Dude Ranch. Uh-huh. Um, and, Basically, only coming home days at a time. This constant touring, as well as some other things, starts to take its toll on all of them, and especially on Scott, who starts to drink. Gotcha. Due well, to this. Okay. Yeah. Um, and other things. And this uh, being in Blink One Eight Two would do that. <laughs> <laughs> and this affects his ability to perform on stage. Ugh. Like, did he have like a? Like a Jim Morrison fall asleep on stage. I don't know. The, the only I think he just played poorly. Yeah, the, he he was already a little disinvested, right? Like for various right. reasons, he was so, sort of not as committed or not as interested. And I think yeah. the constant touring took its toll. Uh, and he there was some sort of tragic loss, quote unquote tragic right. loss. I haven't done much research into what that right. is, but something happened and it sort of pulled him off the tour. And it was at this point that this is actually even before the ultimatum was issued. Um, oh, that's right. They don't issue the no. I, I thought they did. Go on. Well, they were they were on tour with the Aquabats. At Aquabats. This point. The Aquabats. The Aquabats. The Aquabats. Yeah. The Aquabats. Good tour. Were yeah touring with Blink. Uh, so uh, Scott has to head home for a little bit. Um, Travis is currently playing in the. He, he's the drummer for the Aquabats, Travis Barker. Travis Barker. Um, so he uh, fills in for Scott. I'm just thinking, ignore me. And apparently he uh, learns every song, a 20-song set list in 45 minutes. 45 minutes. Whether that <laughs> Which, speaks to his skill right. <laughs> or, or the, the simplicity. Right. <laughs> exactly. Maybe a little both. Right. Uh, anyway, so that, that works out, and Scott comes back. Uh, but he's. Uh, but Travis plays the rest of that tour with them, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. Just like he would play in the Aquabats and then mm-hmm. take and off then his come back and, costume and then he'll play for the Blink. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I don't know if he took his costume off. That'd be pretty didn't. great if he didn't. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Scott comes back. He's developed a drinking problem. Um, and so at that point. Wait, he comes back. 
I thought he left to get rid of the drinking problem. He did, but they go back on tour, another tour, and almost immediately, immediately. Kicks back in with the drinking. Right. Okay. And they give him this ultimatum of either you you go into rehab for this or you're out of the band. And and apparently he they give him the weekend to to decide. But he when he comes back and he's like, "Yes, I'll do that. I'll go into rehab." They've they've already decided, "No, you're out." Mm-hmm. Uh, and Travis is in. Now how does that work with the Aquabats if Travis is the drummer for the Aquabats? He was no question. longer the drummer for the Aquabats. So he quit Aqu- Aquabats to go... To Blink. To Blink. And there's an interesting quote by... Um, I forget his Mahatma last Gandhi. name. Was that? <laughs> From uh, Prince Adam of the Aquabats, mm. who says... Uh, he said when they watched Travis play with Blink... They were all like, oh, wow, he should be in this band. Awesome. Um, they essentially, and I think he says, you know, we should have just started looking for a new drummer at that point. Well, good for them to have that kind of good attitude about it. Well, and the Aquabats has a, a long list of members. I, I mean, know. that it's band. It's funny. I remember the last, I mean, we won't get into it obviously that much here, but I saw them in probably, I don't know, mid, late 90s. And then I saw them again probably. With us. Yeah, with you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I don't remember. This is a different most, band. I don't remember most of these guys. It's the Aquabats. I mean, I mean MC Bat Commander was still there. Is this the Aquabats? There were three original the members Waterbats? left, I believe. <laughs> MC Bat Commander, uh, Chainsaw, or no, no Crash. Cra- I was going to say Crash. And uh, Jimmy the Robot. Yeah. And <laughs> Jimmy the Robot got real fat. It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then Eagle Bones Falcon Hawk mm-hmm. was the guitarist. Right. And uh, Ricky Fitness, Fitness was the drummer. Yes. And I think that's still the lineup that is the to lineup, this day. Yeah. But let's talk about Blink-182. Look, I, when I, I remember learning that Travis Barker had originally been in the Aquabats, and I was overjoyed. It's, I mean, that means I, I saw him play with the Aquabats. I mean, there's no right. doubt about it. It's just really funny that I had no idea that he was the guy that now plays with Blink. Yeah. I think I was already a little bit nervous about it. Him uh, joining Blink? Yeah. So you were aware of this as it happened? Yeah. Oh. Uh, And this will, you could argue, maybe even colored my initial impressions of Enema of the State. Color them to to this day, really. But from from that moment, from hearing about the fact that Scott was out and Travis was in, um, I, I wasn't worried, but I was... I was not enthusiastic about it sure. initially. Um, and I think it, uh, I don't, I don't want to say that I had a vision of what I was concerned about, but it didn't surprise me when I first heard Travis playing with blink. And I said, yes, this is, this is why this is not going to work for me. I've experienced a similar, uh, uh, emotion with giants, uh, they had a long time. They, they, they might be giants. They might be giants. Uh, they've also had, besides the f- two front runners, a, a plethora of band members throughout the years. And their drummer for a long time was a guy named Dan Hickey. Um, and he was just phenomenal. And when I found out he was leaving, I was like, oh, geez. And then the new drummer, I was like, hmm. And again, he's fine drummer, mm-hmm. very skilled. But 
I, I had the exact same sort of like feeling where like the first time I saw him live with the new guy, I was like, eh, I don't know. I think it was it was actually a little bit of a, the reverse for me with Travis because I didn't I didn't have any like particular affinity for Scott. Oh, okay. But when the news broke that this was happening, that Travis was taking over, there was this sort of chorus of like, wow, Travis is a really great drummer. This is gonna you know take their music up ah. up a notch. He already had this reputation as being like really high, highly skilled. Musician, like I, I mean, he's he's like a pianist too, I think, or something. Like, I didn't know that. I feel like, he, or, or at least that was the conversation at the time. Like, he's you know so much uh, better schooled in music than any of those guys that you know this was going to elevate their sound, hmm. and I didn't want them to elevate their sound. <laughs> I wanted them to keep sounding exactly like they sounded. Sure. Um, and that was so. You know, maybe maybe Travis is the exact right thing that Blink-182 needed to get to where they would ultimately go. You could argue that. that right. Um, so does Scott play on any tracks on Enema or no? Well, he did do a, a demo. No, I'm talking the, the official album. No. Okay. No. I listened to the demos. No. Yeah. Yeah. no. So the, he, uh, he had recorded between the Dude Ranch sessions and Enema, he recorded, I think, two songs with them. Uh, he recorded... Uh, the, the, mo- the cover of uh, Dancing With Myself. <laughs> and he recorded um, Mutt. Mutt, the very the, the, the first uh, release version of Mutt, which was on the soundtrack to... The show? The show, which is like a surfing movie, surfing documentary. Cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't love that song initially when I heard it on the show soundtrack. Uh, but I loved that version a hell of a lot more when I finally heard the album release on Enema, so, the version that Travis yeah, did. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that track. Not to jump forward on that track, but it's identical other than the beginning little fill. Mm. He plays the same drum drum beat mm-hmm. that Scott does, from what I can tell. I'm going to try to get this forward a Well... We'll, we'll maybe compare them. Yeah. But I, think, a, but I mean, the fill is... He starts with that, uh, that you know, snare and then toms and then goes into the mm-hmm. the straight up. Which is like a, a signature Travis thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess if I were going to like pick, if if I were to isolate, like what is what is my issue with Travis? It's that he's... To this f- day or at that point? Yeah, no, to this day. Okay. He's a Philly drummer. He is. Like, he is constantly throwing himself into places where I'm not used to or looking for mm. drums to be. Right. But less so on this album than on any after it. That's the... Ind- so I, it's funny because we've discussed this before and I know your thoughts on Travis and for a long time I didn't agree with you. Lately I'm starting to come over to where you are except on this album Hmm. where I feel like he's the most restrained that he has ever been. So, or ever will be, I guess. So those little fills to me feel better and more appropriate because it's not the entire song. Yeah. Well, I think overall, like with, with some exceptions and we'll get to this in later episodes, I think this is like the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. You know, you have like the the old Blink sound and the the band they would eventually become kind of working yeah. in sync. I, I feel like this album 
so Dude Ranch is sort of a felt like a like they got really lucky. Mm-hmm. Like they were all feeling the same moment and they captured it. And if they had done it on a different day, if they, you know, did that album one day? No, no, but I'm just oh, saying okay. like, <laughs> I was like, man, was really like all the, you know, it, it feels very like circumstantial and yeah. And sort of very time and place. Yeah. Yeah. In in, a, in the best kind of way. Right. And Enema feels very purposeful and produced. very produced mm-hmm. um, and very methodical in the best kind of way to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think Dude Ranch sounds uh, more like um, a well-produced demo Yeah, to a certain degree, whereas this is like more of a, a, a studio effort, a true studio yeah. effort. Yeah. And I don't think they ever recapture th- this again. Yeah, no. No, I think like you see maybe kind of an arc between here and the self-titled untitled yeah. album where it's like the this is this is the mutation that you get when you you mix that initial blink sound with what they're eventually going to become. Yeah. And then I think when you get to that untitled album, that's like sort of their apex right? yeah yeah yeah. that's like this is this is everything that they can do as a band with these three guys right. and this sound yeah but yeah. it takes them a while to get there yeah and they kind of muddle through a lot of it on the way this so enema of the state and i've i've told i've talked about this before is the album where i really like i become a, a fan of this band this is and the album where i became aware of this band hmm Oh wait, but no, Dude Ranch. Well, you had, apparently, you had, damn it, yeah. yeah. Apparently, yeah, but I didn't even realize <laughs> it. I thought, damn it, was on this album. So, um, I and I remember buying the album for the singles. <laughs> this one. Well, it's funny. So I'm listening to it earlier today, and I'm not overly familiar with this album. Mm-hmm. I probably haven't listened to it in its entirety in since the year it came out, 1999. There you go. Um, I was floored at how. The disparity. Uh, dis- what was I trying to say? The disparity, discrepancy, yeah, disparity uh, between the singles and the rest of the album. Like the singles came on, and it seemed like ten percent more polished, ten percent more. Mm. It's like we're going to put these out as our singles. We want to make sure these things are clean as a whistle, mm. and the rest of them have just a little more rawness to it. I was not expecting that. Yeah, I I think it's it was clear upon first listen, like which songs were were definitely going to exactly. be singles. Or they were hoping to be singles. I mean, yeah. obviously, they made their one first single. If that does well, you put up the next single. Yeah, and What's My Age Again was the first single, <clears throat> and I think it probably predated the album by like three or four months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can definitely hear, I, I agree with you, I think you hear a, sort of a switch flip yep. in the progression of the album. It's track five, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think the first three songs, I go through them and I'm like, yeah, okay, this these are these are album songs. And then I, I think when I when I got to um Going Away to College. Going away to college, it was like, Oh, this this is definitely like probably going to be a single. I don't think it ever was. It wasn't, but, but it's definitely a... it I feel like it could have been. Yeah, it and could very could have uh-huh. easily been. It's definitely a uh a crowd pleaser. Yeah. 
Those first five songs are a really excellent, like, thought. Like, the, 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 I Where feel like. Where does Mutt fall in that? Is that? Mutt is tra- eight or nine. Ten, I think. Okay, never mind that. Oh, ten? Yeah, it's all the way back there. You're right. First track is well. Well, look, you're jumping forward. I like jumping. <laughs> Dumpweed is the first track. Um, those first five songs, like that's a little like, like what that would be such a great EP. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah. Um, it's a. It's, I just think there's yeah, because they're 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 sort of in a different place than the rest of the album is. What and I, but I don't feel that they're apart from the album. No, but it's like one sentence. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I think maybe six. This Terry Gary kind of restarts yeah. the conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so 1999, this album comes out. I buy it because of what's my age again, and I don't know how long I had it before I was kind of like uh, I rem- I was at work or. It was either before or after work, can't remember which, but I was killing time just sort of hanging out in my car. And I decided, oh, well, I'll I'll listen to some other songs on this album. And I was looking at the track list. That's the best way to decide <laughs> what to listen to on a CD. Um, That's why but, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> um but I listened to, or I saw Anthem, which is the last track, and I, and stupidly, I, this is like the dumbest thought I've, I think I may have ever had. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish there were more people here to, 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 I don't know, gauge the accuracy <laughs> of that statement. But I'm just sort of embarrassed by this thought. Where maybe this speaks to who I was at the time, but. I thought anthem, uh, you know, maybe I need some kind of anthem. Like maybe this could be my anthem. I literally thought these things. This is before you'd even press play on the right. song. You just saw the name. And it was raining, I think. Mm. If that that'd give you a little more atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Oh, I so like it. good skip to track twelve and I'm I'm like immediately hooked. Mm. And then I just let it play. And and it becomes, you know, this like it becomes your anthem. Yeah, the whole album. <laughs> and and to be very honest, like I had not connected with music like that before. Mm. At least in in in, a, in such a in an album. You know, song yeah. to song sh- I had connected, but with an artist or an album, I had never had this kind of like um uh feeling where like it felt uh, very personal to me, even though I don't, I didn't necessarily identify with a lot of the stuff they're talking about, but just something about the music itself, mm-hmm. I think was connecting with me. And it, and from, you know, from that point on, I wanted to hear everything I could by them. And I went back and listened to what I, you know, I listened to Dude Ranch, which I had owned, but hadn't listened to all the way through, and then found Cheshire Cat, Buddha, all that stuff. And so, so Blink was very much because of this album was like the the band that got me into music in general, 
and then into punk and pop punk and everything, you know, mm-hmm. they were my gateway in. Which is pretty huge. Yeah. And yeah. I think discounted by a lot of people right. who, who were, you know, detractors at the time. Yeah. Like, I guess it's easy to say that the the, the easy critique is that they're just sort of, they're, they're not doing anything new or, right. you know, they're, they're just aping a sound, yeah. adding their own, you know, veneer to it or whatever. But I think that exposure is huge. The fact that they became such a, an enormous presence in just music in general yeah, exposed so many people to punk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And ultimately, you know, yeah, sure, there's a drop-off there. Maybe people don't go as far back or as deep as others do, yeah. but a lot of them do. And that there's a lot of great music that a lot right. of those detractors would probably say is important to them that more yeah. people got exposed to as a result of Blink. Well, and especially when uh, you're like me, you have no idea that there's any kind of scene. Mm. You don't know. Scene in what sense? Uh, punk scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, like before this, you didn't even know that? No, no. Of oh. course. I mean, I knew, I knew of the Ramones, but I couldn't, I wouldn't know that they were punk. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know, you know, it would just be like, well, that's rock and roll. You wouldn't know like sort of the fam, familial connections sound exactly. wise. And yeah. And I wouldn't even know that there was, that you could go to a show for $5 mm-hmm. and see four bands play. You know what I mean? Like sure. this, this is at this point in my life, I'm 18, 18. I had no, you know, just don't know about this. And so it's because of the, you know, exposure, the mainstream exposure of blink 182 that I find a way into that, huh. you know, and, and they got a lot of flack and, and that, you know, were declared sellouts for this album. Mm-hmm. Because it, you know, did incredibly well. You know, they're they're on TRL with NSYNC and Backstreet Daly. Boys and Carson Daly, exactly. And and so immediately they're no longer punks and they're no, you know, uh they they've betrayed their fans and all that stuff. Yeah, um, they embraced the zeitgeist of the yeah. time. And I think, you know, I I forget where I read this, but or or maybe it was an interview with someone, but it was about that that concept of selling out, and particularly when it comes to punk rock and and the idea that punk, the idea initially is like this is music for everyone. You know, this is supposed to be accessible to anyone, and not closed off, and not, you know, it's about inclusive, being inclusive, and 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 being open, but it's pretty much the opposite when, yeah. when, cause people become very guarded and very protective of their bands and their scene and all that stuff. And if you don't come in to it the exact right way, then you're a phony and you're not, you know, you don't get it. Yeah. And so I had this real like stigma once I did find my way into that stuff realizing where my foundation was. Yeah, yeah keep that secret. <laughs> exactly, like for a long no, time. I mean, it, 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 it blows my mind being, I guess, from the, you know, misfits, uh, 
You were in the Misfits? Social Distortion. No, like the <laughs> the more raw punk stuff mm-hmm. from the 90s. And that's and then when I was heard this, immediately was like, oh, punk light. Like right. pop punk. Didn't really think a term back then. Uh, but it's very, I don't think, I've, I think probably the first person I at least have openly admitted that you came from the mainstream, so to speak, yeah. into uh, this world, that yeah. world rather. What I think is funny about that is the, the I recall hearing that sentiment from people, and it was not like older people who had been listening to punk for a long time. <laughs> right. It was a, it was like you know the guy at Hot Topic. Yeah. You know, complaining <laughs> about stocking Blink One Eighty Two shirts right. or something. Yeah. 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 Um, Maybe they was hard to, hard to stock like physically. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. So I would I would <laughs> I would go on to uh, AOL. <laughs> Nice. And go into the <laughs> punk forums and people are like, what's your favorite punk band? And I'd be like, mm, <laughs> Blink-182, what, they suck, they're not punk. You know, and it was just yeah. like... Now, anyway. the first time that happened, were you naive enough to think, oh, Blink-182, and just be totally cool with it and then not not realizing or expecting the backlash? I was like... I fancied myself a confident person, uh-huh. and I was like, "I'm just gonna say who it is." You know, yeah. they're gonna make fun of me or whatever. And I said who it was and made fun of me, and I felt like shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. And you haven't been on AOL since. However, um, I do remember that I expressed that sentiment, and there was one other person on that uh, ch- in that chat room who was like, "Oh, I, you know, I think." Blink's great, especially their earlier stuff. And and I ended up, uh, this was a girl. Ooh. I ended up talking to her in a private message. Oh, my God. Private conversation. Woo-hoo. What was it called, Anyway, Private chat? Private chat. Um, sure. But she and I corresponded for a little while. Where's she now? Don't know. She was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out. She was probably not a she. Um, right, exactly. <laughs> Um, no, I shouldn't say she was. There crazy. are no girls on the internet. Come on, <laughs> she was. She was very nice, and then just turned out to be a little intense for me. Yeah, um, a little too nice. Um, it's in in more in a sense of that word that I don't think you realize that I won't talk about here. Sure, um, A-S- that's very cryptic. And L, jeez, lay <laughs> off me, lady. Very cryptic of me. All right, um, but no, this is this album pulled me into punk rock, and like I got. And and it also connected me with other people who, you know, even even though they might dismiss Blink, they were like, well, let me show you other bands and other, you know, uh, sort of categories within this genre. And like uh, you and I, John, connected on this. Yeah. Um, obviously. <laughs> but like I, it opened up this world that to this day I am – you know, an, uh, an active participant in, and, and like, I don't know how that would have happened without this album. Yeah. So it was kind of life changing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so for me, like, uh, going way back to Travis Barker, like this, this kind of was the first blink mm. configuration for me, even though I'd heard, you know, them with Scott, before I'd heard them with Travis. Yeah. I connected here. You know what I mean? However, I, I am starting to like, there's some fatigue setting in. I've noticed. <laughs> um, 
I liked the uh, the one video on this album. The one video, the one that I can think of, the movie theater one. That's that was damn, damn it. it from Dude Ranch. Gosh, darn it! How is this possible? That's so weird. I swear. All right. Huh. I'd be interested. I mean, um, I'm being totally serious when I say this. I never heard the term Dude Ranch with Blink-182 before like two weeks ago when you guys said it. And I was like, I don't know that album. Well, I think that speaks to how how big of a difference this album made. Yeah. 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 Huh. Um, so before we go like track by track, um, Adam. That was a funny video. I liked it. <laughs> you said you listened to it today? You say. Yes. And this is it the first time you'd ever listened to this album? In at least... Had you listened to the whole album before this? I feel like back in my teen days, somebody threw on that or album. Or you listened to Dude Ranch. Maybe, maybe it was Dude Ranch. <laughs> there's, a, there's a high possibility today actually was the first time. Wait, wait, wait. In your teen days? Yeah. That would have been Dude Ranch. Because this came out in 99. Right. Which I would not been 20. I was actually... Hmm. There's a really good chance that today was the first day I've heard it from... Track one to track, track well. I'm curious uh, what your reaction to it is. Um, and if anything in particular took hold, I mean, obviously I there really was... didn't like mud. And then I had to, <laughs> and then I had to hear it like a couple more times demos, and I was like, this song is just not doing it for me. Um, it, I remember when the big singles came out, yeah, enjoying them. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the other tracks today uh, I found were just very vanilla to me. But again, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I really enjoy very raw punk. So pop punk is already sort of diluted for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, it was all fine. Like it wasn't mm. like, oh, that was a great track. Or it, was mm-hmm. like, it was like, okay, okay. Inoffensive. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I was surprised at how much they cursed on the first track. I was not expecting that. Um, I think they curse once. Yeah, but it's an F-bomb. And I was just kind of like, oh, okay, they're starting off, starting <laughs> off right there. Hey and man, to me, it's, it sounded like... It's punk. Exactly. It's, it was pretty much like, <laughs> all right, here we go. We're legit and F. And I was like, oh, that just seemed to come out of nowhere, guys. Like We're like 15 seconds into the song, but okay. Um, but I mean, you know them now from Dude Ranch, right? Like, <laughs> right. Do you, that, that did surprise you, though? Yeah, I just wasn't expecting it. Again, I guess because of all the very radio-friendly stuff that I was familiar with off mm-hmm. of Enema, or maybe just the edited versions. You just sort of assigned a connotation in your yeah. head. To I mean, I didn't think it was going to be like rated PG or G. I just right. wasn't expecting first track, a few seconds in, boom. It, was, mm. it just took me like, I was like, oh, okay, well, there we go. <laughs> um, and it's in, it seemed just very unnecessarily rebellious. Like, hmm. I'm just an old man now. I don't know. No, I think you're, I think you're definitely onto something yeah. there. Well, I think that comes into play a little bit stronger late in later albums. I'm still okay with it here. I'm not, and let me, I'm not, not okay with it. I'm from kind of gauging your guys' responses. It seems to me like something, something's already happening there behind the scenes that I don't have a feel for because I'm not familiar with the music. It just seemed to be like, why would you not, you know, looking back on it, if you have a huge single, like, damn it, eh, um, like, uh, (laughs) what's my age again or whatever, uh, why not be that, like, you'd think you start off the album 
with something really popular if you were trying to ride that wave of popularity mm-hmm. as opposed to like, oh, mom and dad, I got the new Blink album. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, like it's, Maybe that was the point. They maybe. played yeah. you. Did you do that for your parents? You're like, mom, dad, I got this new album. Listen to it with me. Um, I would so, I would sometimes do tracks. Yeah. I pre- I preview it first. You're a maniac. I'm imagining you like coming home and being like, "Hey, uh, Gigi Allen just put out a new record, and so I'm going to play it." And Mom, I I got the new uh, Tom Waits. <laughs> Henry Rollins, heard of this guy? <laughs> no, I think there is definitely, especially upon this most recent listen. So I listened to it again today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've always thought that Anthem was a little bit forced. How dare you? That's my from Anthem. The I know, I know. <laughs> and maybe it's because it's called Anthem simply that that is maybe the mm-hmm. all that it is. Um, but I've, I've always, there, there's been like that little barrier that, you know, prohibits me from fully embracing it. Mm-hmm. But listening to it today, I, I think there's, there's um, a lack of, genuineness to some of the some of the sound i don't know what it is specifically of that song or in general no in general on the album like repeatedly through it it's like songs that well even what's my age again to me uh i've had like kind of a hard road with that one i i didn't like it initially because it 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 didn't seem sincere to me it seemed like this is it's very produced it is very produced. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I think it's more like the spirit of the song. Mm-hmm. And it's if you if you listen to it one way and I which I later did and sort of came to uh like it a lot more as a result of that. If you listen to it kind of with a sneer, then I think it's a much more appealing song, right? Um but the the way that I feel like it it reads to me, it it's is much more earnest than that. Uh-huh. Um and I think that that's the way they presented it, even though it was like a comedic video. The song, at face value, sounds very like um, it's less confrontational than I want it to be. Maybe. Wow. Okay. So I've always heard the sneer in that song. Like I never like for to me, years. I never like heard that it. has always been a song in my mind where they're like. We know that we're going to be criticized up and down, left and right, for being in our mid-20s and still writing songs about, you know, farts and dicks and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. And people are going to be like, you're too old to be making this kind of music anymore. You need to grow up. And, and like, I felt like this has always been the answer to that. Mm. And I think... um, And I think they still had things to say in that uh, arena. And so on this album, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Now, they continue that trend in later <laughs> albums, and I'm less okay with it. Mm-hmm. Because I think they have other things to say, and they're not saying them. Um, and But but with this album, I I believe they feel every song on this album or did when they recorded when it. They wrote it yeah. Like the, the, to me, it, all of it feels very genuine, even when it's shit. <laughs> like, like, um, spoiler, all the small things might be my least favorite it's, song. It's a terrible, by, terrible song by them, but it is in, 
incredibly genuine. I mean, this is the song that he, that Tom wrote for his wife, who is the woman who is now his wife. And it comes straight from his heart. Like, and I, and I think Tom is just, no, 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 no. Tom is just, right from the heart. well, but that is, <laughs> I, know, I, know. I mean, you joke, but that's Tom. Like Tom is yeah. the guy who's writing fairy tales on, or nursery rhymes on steroids as he puts it. Like this is for him, uh, you know, a ballad. And who's, the, and who's the other singer? Guy? Mark. I think I like his voice better than Tom's. I was a big Mark guy for a long time, but these days. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was actually very, <clears throat> you posted that, uh, the vocal, um, <laughs> the little clip from clip. what's my age again. Yeah. I'd never heard the, Please stay. What was it? The, uh, please stay with me it, at the end of that. And song. to me, I was like, "Oh, that actually totally changes the message of the song." Like, I always thought it was very. This guy is freaking oblivious. Obviously, he has some mental problems. <laughs> um, and the very and then again, you know, almost twenty years later, I'm like, "Oh wait, like, please stay with me." Like that <laughs> changes yeah. the entire message of the song. Well, see, and that's that's I think speaks to where I was coming from. At it. it, it's not so much like a defiant, you know. Um, I don't care what my age is. Mm-hmm. It's more like a, I'm confused because right. I just want to be myself and it's driving everybody away. Like it, it seems to, it seems to come from a place of like genuine hurt. That is hundred percent rather than it being like this, this, um, for lack of a better word, anthem for self-expression. I, I think it's both. And it can be. I'm, right. I'm not saying it can't be, but I, I guess I didn't pick up on the defiant side of it mm-hmm. for for a long time. I guess the thing is, the whole album has defiance yeah. as a, as a, as one of the sort of thesis statements, and so I I because it's on this album, I can't not hear it with that mm. that tone. Um, let's go track by. Let's- track let's let's dive a little deeper and let's start with the greatest opening song on any album (laughs) and that is undisputable this song i don't know why you're laughing we're not we're not not anymore this song we were just sort of we were focusing in on the the parenthetical it's getting the giggles out this is the best way to open an album it's the best way to open a show too which they used to they did for the longest time was this is how they opened every show it's a great name it's a great name for a track dump weed Solid intro. Like you immediately know what this album's gonna be. Mm-hmm. Like it just powers in, and it's it, this is a very familiar blink sound, but also with a whole new uh, filter on top of it. You know, like it's clear, yeah. it's clean, it's like that. that I mean, again, produced. Yeah. That otherwise, it's. Yeah, it's, it's very produced. Yeah, it's acidic. It's like, I mean, his voice is insane. Piercing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and it sort of sets you up too. Like he, we're we're still in that familiar territory yeah. of like strife with chicks, and <laughs> right. Uh, I remember that line that um, the I need a girl that I can train. Yeah. Uh, that uh, that summer uh, playing, I think I was working at Borders at the time, and uh, I would only uh, very rarely on closing crew get the chance to select the music that would get played. <laughs> yeah. And I remember. Uh, playing this album one night and like just sort of like um, bracing for the inevitable like mm. onslaught of criticism from yeah. everybody else on the crew. And the, I think he was the music manager at the time <clears throat> that line came out and he goes, did he say I need a girl that I can train? And I was like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> and he was like, ah, oh, nice. Like he, he like <laughs> nodded in approval. It was like, he was kind of open to this album after that. I love this, this outro here. I just love the little. I don't, it's I don't know. I can't even. It's also a very encapsulate it. Uh, juvenile thing to say. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Very oh, it is Im- Im- immature and kind of like, dude, you're not going to get a girlfriend. If yeah. You're do that. I, don't, I had to break to you, buddy. But yeah. uh, I feel the like there to- is a guy, a character, a, a person in Tom DeLonge that shows up in his songs all the time. That is a complete moron. Yeah. 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 Uh, who just doesn't understand. How things work. Yeah. Yeah. He's a All very right. skewed version of how the, the universe uh, functions. Yes. Uh, okay. Next is Don't Leave Me. I won't. See, already I like this more because it's more raw. It's, it's. See, I think this is actually the cleaner of the two sounding, the cleaner sound of the two songs. I'm just the intro. I'm talking about. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I also think this is uh, less raw than Dumpweed. Okay. But I also think this is the most straight-ahead, like, pop-punk right. song yeah. on this album. Yeah, like, one of the things I love about Dumpweed is that it it it's a very Tom song, and it becomes more of a Tom song kind of retroactively mm-hmm. when you look at, like, the sound of boxcar racer. Oh yeah. Like there, there's sort of an intentional dissonance to it, I guess, or discordant to it. And I like that. Whereas this is very approachable. Yeah. Um, okay. Next is aliens exist long, maybe still it. No, a long time was my favorite song. Now it's probably my second favorite on the album. love that pick scrape i i was i was willing to it's (laughs) it's it's a very approachable song like it's it's infectious um but i remember thinking like i'm just gonna have to have to let this one go Mm -hmm. like i don't hate it it's not intolerable or anything but i don't love it i don't feel it at all Mm -hmm. um 
but it's not a bad song. It's just like I listen to this and I'm like, get back to being frustrated with girls. Oh man, I can't like. I, I love aliens, you know, but this is I don't wanna, <laughs> I don't want to think about that right this now. Is, know. Yeah, this is so incredible. Yeah. Given where he, this oh, is our first glimpse. I'm trying to yeah. remember, is this the one like he's? Listen for two seconds. Hold on. What are we waiting for? Hey, there's a point <laughs> where he starts doing like. Like injection or something like that. I need. Is that this song? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. So that being said, right I, here, right here. I got an yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, very lazy rhyme. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> slant rhyme. Totally agree with you. Earlier when I listened to this, I was kind of like, you know, like vanilla, 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 vanilla to me. It was just kind of like, oh, you're so you're absolutely wrong. You guys are dumb. <laughs> Sorry, because because watch watch what happens here. You're, no, you're both wrong. You're gonna hear it. <laughs> like live, this fucking killed me. It's a great riff. Good bridge. Yeah, no, it's good. But a good bridge does not a song make. If you took that, I just no, shut up. <laughs> this that I saw that live. I remember this was one of the I, the first time I saw them live, knowing that I was going to see them. Sure, right. Was their Mark Tom and Travis tour, and they played this song, and it was incredible. Like the and on that bridge. The lights went down, and there was one strobing green light on Tom as he, like, fucking shredded through that bridge. And I was like, oh, and I already loved this song. And it just, like, it was a revelation. Sure. And it, it, like, filled me with this, I don't know what. It it was fantastic. (laughs) Energy. No, I totally get it. It's a rock and roll moment. Yeah. Yeah, rock and roll moment. What a great (laughs) way to put it. Um. Now we're going to go back to sort of a saccharine feel with Mark again. This mm-hmm. is Don't Leave Me. This this was the heart of the album for me when this when this record came out. You loved this. I did, yeah. This like I love the structure of this song. I love the sentiment of the song. Uh, and it was like right place and time. Inspired by the movie Can't Hardly Wait. Is it really? Yes. Oh. Huh. God. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, Mark saw the movie and and was like thinking about how much it would suck to go to college, you know, when you are dating someone from high school Mm -hmm. and being separated and how that would affect you. I lived through that, by the way. Yeah, it's a rough time. It's, I, it's... Well, I was in the military, but <laughs> <laughs> this is the 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 probably. Well, no, I was going to say this is might be the most saccharine, but all the small things is the most saccharine. <laughs> yeah, there. this is you know, it's, it's close though. Yeah, it's interesting hearing the singles back when I was in the dating scene, you know, late teens, early twenties, when it, at least those songs could at least uh, find a fiber of what's going on in, in my life mm-hmm. at that time. 
listening to it today, probably the reason why it felt so vanilla was I could not relate Can't to anything. To it. it was yeah. kind of like, all right, like, dude, sure. I get it. You're having a problem with girls. Like, yeah, I know. Like, Relatively speaking, anything yeah, else yeah. we're talk about an, well, alien, an it, alien song, okay? And oh, back to girls again, okay? That's that'll fine. become a real issue trying to connect with them later, or yeah. maybe I should say now. Yeah. Um, okay, so next is the first single, "What's My Age Again," and I think I'm alone in this in this room, but I still love this song. Like, I just it did not get overplayed for me. Hmm. To this day, I can like blast this song and just be in heaven I remember liking you when it came out I didn't <laughs> yeah you said that already yeah. I didn't this is Mark right yes yeah see I like his voice better that's too clean and produced for me <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing the uh, the track you played it's so obvious. There's there's no way that two humans sang that. It's it's, it's been touched Which up. Which track? Uh, the, what, what was the one you sent earlier? The the clip with just them singing. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's the this. audio yeah. only yeah. or the vocals it's, only. Yeah. It's 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 not really auto tuned. It's just been touched. It up. probably is. It's been enhanced. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, they can't. Fight. They cannot sing. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is evidence when you see them live. Gotcha. Um, let me skip ahead. Um, because I love how this song ends. It just builds into this crescendo. Yeah, just blew my mind earlier. I was like, what? I just, uh, there's... I love especially the where the vocals are in there. Like there's all these layers happening, right? And we I don't think we've actually said we keep referencing it, but there's a background vocal happening where he's saying, "Please stay with me." That for year, I mean, until today, I could not figure out what he was saying. And I was like, "Why don't I just Google it and Please figure play it out?" With cheese is that what he said? <laughs> and I I was like, "Oh wow, all right." So I feel like those first five songs, that's like a whole thought. That is a like statement. Girl, and then, girl, alien, girl, very girl. cohesive. Yeah. 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 It's, and it's, it's like a, a statement of who blink is mm-hmm. in a way. And that, you know, the, there's the alien song in there, but that is an integral part as oh, we sure. will come to learn. Yeah. <laughs> um, so next is dysentery Gary. And this is like a kind of reset. On yeah. the album, and I think it uh, a, a recalling of Dude Ranch a little bit. I yes. hear I hear a lot more Dude Ranch sound in yeah, this song yeah, yeah. than I do in pretty much anything else on the album. Yeah, this is that that guy Tom. Uh, yeah, that I talked about <laughs> earlier character. coming back. Right. There's, there's the goddamn Phil. <laughs> what a way to ruin a good uh, song. I love, <laughs> love those Phils. There's that F-bomb, man. Oh, jeez. His voice is, I think, more scratchier, more scratchy, more annoying than it was on Dude Ranch. 
Oh, like, hands down. Like, I feel like they've, like, turned it up. This ping is, like, on oh, the chart. I love it. Well, it's it's different. It just, it seems like they're, there's some kind of effect on it. Yeah, you know, yeah, whereas yeah, at Dude yeah. Ranch, it's, it was just like, just like just let's just singing. put a mic on him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're like, let's put a chainsaw. In his yeah. throat. <laughs> um, uh, gargle these uh, n- these needles real quick, would you, buddy? All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's an affectation or, or an effect on um, on a, everything on this yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, like yeah, I think yeah. the guitars have been, you know. There's, there's fiddled with yeah, yeah there's, there's something like a happening to yes, them or yes, yes 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 exactly yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and I don't think it's bad I like it yeah, it's the signature like it. sound of the album but yeah. I remember uh, listening to this album a lot when I would like um, hang out in the pool like in my <laughs> parents backyard yeah. that summer Ugh. and it it sounded like like. It, it was the perfect sound for being like underwater, uh, you know, like it kind of sounds like what normal music sounds like underwater. Oh, wow. They didn't play this live very often. I remember, I remember I finally saw it live once and I was overjoyed. Okay. Adam's song. It's me. Is next. I like this track. Yeah, I like this song too. It, I th- it did get played a lot, and I got kind of tired of it sure. at the time. Um, but I, I remember twenty years ago, whenever the hell it was, listening to this, and I really appreciated the apple juice line. I, I don't oh, know why. Yeah. I just took it from. Uh, a story song to like the detail Something of that specific. is like holy crap like this is alright like that that just took it to another level for me I don't know why yeah but it just really made it more uh, visceral it gives it definitely gives it a sense of like place and, a, and it feels there, there's like a moment there. right you can visually go there with yeah. them yeah well and it it, it helps uh, drive home like the emotional uh, resonance of the next line. Yeah. yeah. Tell mom that it's not her fault. Yeah. yeah. And sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's okay. It, because I was probably 19 when I heard this, this, it did click with me back then. Oh, absolutely. Like my, the death throes of my teenage angst mm-hmm. and my depression and everything. It was like this song, like, holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I heard it again today, I was like, oh yeah, this track, like it just brought back kind of that old, like not, not really nostalgia, but just again, there are not a lot of tracks that, that click with me, but this yeah. one immediately was like, yeah, I remember this one. I like this one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I, I completely agree. I, I maybe a, not right when it came out, but very soon later, I remember like going through kind of uh, like friend breakup yeah. uh, in a lot of ways. And uh, that the line about, you know, like things were better when you were 16. Oh. Yeah. Um, Hold on. I don't know. It's good. Boom. I mean, it's just... Boom. Yeah. It hurts. Uh, but it anyway, hurts. like, Save I remember... Her. Save her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember very much feeling that sentiment. But I think uh, it it feels, or it felt at the time, maybe not so much anymore, but it felt a little contrived to me when I first heard mm-hmm. it. Huh. Um, because it... it it was hard for me to accept it coming from these guys. Sure. You know, and it, and it felt out of place on the album. Um, like not in sequence or anything. I think it's actually in a really good spot. 
but it just it the 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 place that they go it it does uh, it doesn't feel like they've earned it mm-hmm. it seems like they haven't really earned the right to do a song like this at I, this point i feel like they're trying to earn it here yeah. you know what i mean because they absolutely from here on this isn't a kind of song that they will write yeah I um, doubt I made the connection that this was even Blink when I heard this. Could be. I, I mean, as, it, as, or should I yeah. say that this was the same band as like What's My Age Again right. or Damn yeah. It. I, yeah. I doubt that my brain even remotely, I was like, oh, I like the song. I wonder who this was. And just yeah. kind of left it at that. Yeah. Well, I think, not to be cynical about it, but I think there was some orchestration at play there. I think they, the way yeah. that those singles were released, it was like they just continued to build on the momentum. Oh, right. Sure. They're like, here's Blink again. This is what they sound like. You remember them from Dude Ranch. Yeah. Also, here's a funny video to kind of hook you if you're not familiar with them. We're going to put their faces out there now and get yeah. them known. All the small things then goes, gets huge, you know, yeah. enormous airplay. And then this was like, oh, yeah. And they're also credible musicians, too. Right, or, right. You know, they, they, they can get serious. It's interesting. Um I think that it must have, this must have been like a really challenging for them in that they started this band, you know, cause they wanted to be in a band. They wanted to, they, they were into the same kind of music and, and they were successful at that. And from interviews that I've seen and read with Tom DeLong, he's always been seemingly like moved by music and wanted, I mean, you know, he cites Fugazi as like mm-hmm. an inspiration and, and I think from the get go, he really wanted to do something, um, you know, important and something artistic with music and didn't have the skill to do so early on. Mm. So simply did what he could do. And the same with, with Mark and in a way, like because of those expectations they built with, you know, uh, Cheshire cat and dude ranch, they set themselves up to be hated because they decided to to reach beyond that, you know, which I think they wanted to do that, you know, the whole time. Yeah, the ambition was always there. Yeah, and and yeah. and because everyone decided, you know, partly for the by it's their own fault. Like these are just you know jokers, and they don't have anything serious to say, and these are just fun summer songs, and and you know, and and the second they try to be serious, people are like. Oh, you're a sellout, or you you know that's you're just this is contrived. Going you the don't emotions. you don't actually feel this. You just think you should do this, you know. Yeah. And so, like, they're sort of damned if they do, damned if they don't situation. And you know, I I applaud them for being like, well, we're gonna get a lot of hate for this, but I'm gonna you know let's it's do what we, we want to so do. There was a lot of backlash for that song. Again, I just I'm just totally. Yeah, I mean that was from my from what I remember, not backlash mainstream wise, but just no, no, like no. I mean, it was a it was another like nail in the cot. Like this is not punk, sure. You know, I, I think mean, it's not. I mean, it's not. That's yeah. Not a yeah punk song. It, it gave credence, I think, or, or at least in their minds, it gave credence to people who were already detractors of right. them, and I think it made people who were having trouble with the transition. It was it was a uh, kind of a flashpoint in that struggle. Uh-huh. I mean, it certainly was for me, not as much as like later things would be, but it, it did. It was, there was no ignoring the fact that they were moving beyond being what they had been. Yeah. Like sure. This, this was a uh, stepping stone album. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you, you either liked it or you didn't. Yeah. And I didn't. I don't like this next song. <laughs> what song is it? <laughs> I mean, I liked it, I think, when it first came out. And then I just got so sick of it. <laughs> I'm not even going <laughs> to keep going with this yeah, track. I don't really know that anything needs to be said There's about that. There's just nothing to it. I mean, I think it's very special for him, and that's great. Then there's the party song, which, I well, I feel like there's a really interesting song on this album. Mm. It, fe- it sounds like nothing else on the album. Yeah. does have kind of a dude ranch feel to Again, it. This yeah. is very, very much more of a classic style of punk song. Just yeah. super fast guitar, super fast speaking. Just aggressive, 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 aggressive. Right. I like this a lot uh, when the, on, you know, initial listens. Yeah. Sort of first wave of listening to this, I liked it a lot. Uh, later, I, I kind of... I mean, I, I kind of faded out of the whole second half of the album. Hmm. Oh, wait a minute. This song. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I could, I was like, I was like, yeah, this beginning's all right. This beginning's all right. And that part with the, they repeat that ad nauseum at the end with the green eyes and long mm-hmm. hair and long the underwear hair. and over and over and over <laughs> again. And, you know, uh, punk repetitive. Right. No, I get it. But. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you know, uh, air the air rhyming uh, scheme is just a very easy one to go to. And oh, so I just know. Hearing that again and again and again and again, <laughs> again, it just it just it started. I never rhyming. rhyme air with anything. It's too easy. Derriere. <laughs> Next is Adam's favorite song on the album. It is. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I really like the music on this song. I just don't. um, Yeah, it's not bad. The lyrics I'm just not that into. I think this is not not just for uh, drum comparison, but this is a good opportunity to hear. It's so funny. I was like, I don't like this at all. Like, what track is this? (laughs) I didn't make the connection. It was pretty much. Uh, yeah, I, Tom's voice. If you listen to the original version of mm-hmm. mine, Tom's voice sounds a lot different too. That it's it Let's definitely has the dude ranch yes. sound. Whereas well, in this, yeah. you can hear because they sort of plain as day what they've done to mix, his voice. It's a different recording. Yeah. yeah, Mutt demo. Let me pull that up, and we can you hear. Said you mean Slack, didn't you? Well, I don't have Slack open. Oh, slightly different intro too. So much better. I am like That's how Tom should always sound. He should never Not sound when he's on Enemy of the State. Than that. No, you're wrong about that. Well, no, you're right. You're right. Um, okay. He's right about you being wrong? I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. After Mutt is Windy. 
clear. I remember this being an initial favorite as well upon first listen. I, I think it's it's one of the better ones on here. That it's easy to forget it because it's tucked away at the back. Yeah. Well, and it doesn't seem so cloying about the whole end of a relationship type of thing. Like it's the well, it's sentiment not, is saccharine, but it's it's not about the end of a relationship though. It's about uh, wanting someone you can't have, and this is literally about Mark uh, wanting to be with who he would eventually marry. Oh. Mm. But she worked for she worked for either the record label or um, yeah, I think she was a because they met on the she was in the industry, yeah, yeah, and then uh, and so she you know they weren't supposed to have a relationship because of they were working together fracturization, but they did they got married. All right, the final track, my personal anthem. (laughs) The song anthem. I liked this one earlier. I mean, doesn't that just say Drew to you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I still love this song, though. Um, I really like the lyric. It's at the end where he just says, I time bomb over mm, and over yeah. and over and over. I know Adam probably won't like that. <laughs> Repetitive. What's wrong with you? You don't like the, uh, repeating the same... I think bomb's really easy to rhyme, too. (laughs) (laughs) You said it. (laughs) Let's go to I'm Time Bomb. that little like uh thing it does yeah, that, where is that? Like that let's hear that again okay i gotta find it again it's not in the beginning it's kind of it's coming up i i love it it's like a little <clears throat> what's, what's it like here it is this isn't it but it's coming up 
Love that little like dead hit. Yeah. It's it's an appropriate place to end the album. It is. Um, I think there's a lot of great lyrics in this. It, it kind of it's really juvenile, obviously. <laughs> um, but those the chorus there, I think, is is really. It speaks to how one might feel as an adolescent. I, what I like about it is it, it. I think it balances the seriousness and the sort of juvenile stuff. Yeah, much better than any other iteration of that. Yeah, approach. So that, like, you talked about how Adam's song is. It kind of becomes a type for them. Yeah. over the next few albums, I think anthem also becomes a type Mm -hmm. something that they're still doing and arguably they do it even more now than they ever did before yeah uh even without tom there but that idea of um where they're projecting into this the this character of the punk kid yeah um but i think i guess why it works here is because it it seems like they're both all of the stuff all of the really heavy stuff is treated with the same weight as Mm -hmm. the um, fluff. Yeah. My, our, our neighbor humped the dog or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like all on sort of the same level. Oh, I thought it hung the dog. <laughs> no, seriously. I thought <laughs> what he was saying. Oh, that's, I, I think that seems to be let, let's, let's lighter than what I heard. <laughs> and <laughs> like, they, oh, right. they, uh, from here on, they continue to project into this, uh, part of their lives. And at this point, I'm still okay with it because yeah. now it feels retrospective and reminiscent. They've sort of just now leaving that part of their lives, that scene. Um, and the further they get from it, the the less that rings true and the more like it becomes kind of like, when are you going to write something that is true to who you are now? How are your knees feeling, guys? No, that's what you're asking. No, them. that's what I'm asking them. Yeah, they're getting old, so their knees are starting to hurt. Yeah, they're old. That's yeah. true. I, I mean, well, that's serious. Like, think, how's your back feeling? Like, talk about. Are you asking me? No, I'm asking Tom DeLong. Where are you, buddy? Uh, Tom Long had serious back problems. Did he really? Yeah, and he was I, on uh, painkillers. He should have sung about it and sort of got uh, crazy because of it. We'll get. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We will get to that. That's that's still a little ways off. We've got another. Uh, uh, well, the dark days are coming. I'll say that. Where from from here we? Do you mean that? Well, I won't even ask you that. Go on. I I mean like here. Um, this is the last time where I can fully embrace an album, and even here, it's not it's not a full embrace. But it's I come out of this this album still thinking, yeah, I like Blink One Eighty Two. I enjoy listening to this album, uh, and after this. Um, there's, there's a, a dip, I think, mm-hmm. uh, a struggle okay. to, to come to that sentiment. This is the last album that I think I even remotely put together Blink-182 with the songs they were singing. Interesting. Probably first time, last time, but apparently like I can't even keep track of which songs <laughs> or what album. So. Okay. Uh, well, next time we're going to talk about are we going to talk about the live album or are we going to talk about and live shows maybe, or are we talking about, um, take off your pants and jacket? I don't know. We'll see. It's a surprise. Stay tuned folks. Um, God, let's come up for air. Go, 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 go.